Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom. It was that North Carolina writer, Thomas Wolfe, who coined the phrase, you can't go home again. But with all due respect to Mr. Wolf, our entire purpose in this world is to use it to go home. This egoic world is one that we created when we began to believe that we were separate from God. Like the prodigal son, we were dissatisfied with life on the farm of unity, and we wanted to go see what else this vastness offered us. So we made up this world, this world of suffering, of strife and sadness, We made up this world of breathtaking beauty, of delicious food, and all the bodily comforts that we can imagine. We created this world where hate appears to be the opposite of love, and where we judge people as either wonderful or recalcitrant. What was the word? Mumpsimus. That's a noun. Mumpsimus. That's adhering to things that are unreasonable. Okay. (laughs) See? Attitudes. Your vocabulary just grows exponentially here at Jubilee. As the children's song goes, life is but a dream, which means we're still at home in our creator, snoozing in our beds as God communicates with us through the Holy Spirit to help us awaken. And when we do, we will find, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, we've been asleep in our own bed at home all along. And what if I told you jubilance? You can go back to that home right now. And it may be something that's appealing, but it also may not be appealing because we're constantly trying to straddle these two worlds between our ego and spirit. But when we give up the struggle, when we finally choose once and for all the world of spirit, even as we remain in our bodies, then we'll truly experience heaven on earth, which is what it means to go home. And when we create that moment of heaven right here in this moment, all we'll know to say is, Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hear these wise and holy words. From A Course in Miracles, chapter 15. As host to the ego, you believe that you can give all your guilt away whenever you want, and thereby purchase peace. And the payment does not seem to be yours. While it is obvious that the ego does demand payment, it never seems to be demanding it of you you are unwilling to recognize that the ego, which you invited, is treacherous only to those who think they are its host. The ego will never let you perceive this, since this recognition would make it homeless. For when the recognition dawns clearly, you will not be deceived by any form the ego takes to protect itself from your sight. Each form will be recognized, but as a cover for the one idea that hides behind them all, that love demands sacrifice and is therefore inseparable from attack and fear. And that guilt is the price of love, which must be paid by fear. This is what the ego tells you. This is, this is the lie. This is not true. You will not succeed in being partial host to the ego, for it keeps no bargains and would leave you nothing. Nor can you be partial host to it. You must choose between total freedom and total bondage, for there are no alternatives but these. You have tried many compromises in the attempt to avoid recognizing the one decision you must make. 
And yet it is the recognition of the decision, just as it is, that makes the decision so easy. Salvation is simple, being of God, and therefore very easy to understand. Do not try to project it from you and see it outside yourself. In you are both the question and the answer, the demand for sacrifice and the peace of God. From A Course in Miracles teacher, Sean Reagan, In a sense, the Holy Spirit calls us back from the void by giving us permission to live simply and happily in a quiet, sustainable way. We are, okay, we are metaphysically trapped and existentially terrified, but apparently we can also cook dinner for the family or pick up the neighbor's mail when they're sick or feed a stray cat or listen to Mozart. And those are all good and helpful acts. So there are at least symbols of love in the dream. So let's do that. Let's love and see what happens. Does anybody out here like summer camp? Did you like summer camp? (laughs) Camille and I are together. Summer camp. Anybody who who liked summer camp? Yeah? Who who detested summer camp? I only went to summer camp once. I think I was maybe seven years old. My mom and dad sent me off to a Southern Baptist camp. Yeah. For a couple of for a couple of weeks. But if you are a fan of the great outdoors, this was an awesome place. I mean, it had a big lake to swim in, rustic cabins to sleep in with all the spiders, <laughs> winding trails to hike, beautiful views to take in. There were also the communal showers. Yeah, it was for a seven-year-old. That's kind of traumatizing to, like, have to shower with your best friend. Ooh. The inevitable leather wallet that you had to make in crafts class one day. <laughs> And, of course, the unidentifiable meats that they served in the chow hall during every meal. I personally am a big fan of the great indoors, so all this communing with nature wasn't going really well for me. The other thing I hated was being away from home. I'm a homebody. I'm not a big traveler. I prefer the comforts of my own space with my own things around me, sleeping, eating, and showering with a bunch of strangers and a few friends. Uh, Doesn't hold much appeal. So I was only a few days into this uh, summer camp experience when I burst into tears, and the camp counselor took me into her room (laughs) for a chat, asked me what was going on, and I told her what I missed about home, but apparently she didn't hear me correctly. And she said, you miss your dad? She said as she sympathetically patted me on the shoulder. I looked up angrily and enunciated, no, I miss my dog. (laughs) Miss my dad? Are you kidding? (laughs) Last thing I missed. But I certainly wasn't the only homesick kid at that camp. And I dare say, I dare say, I am not the only homesick person in this room right now. To some degree or another, we're all homesick. On some level, we all understand that old Southern Baptist slogan that I was raised with that went, this world is not my home. Now, in the Southern Baptist teaching, the slogan led a lot of people to really simply forsake the world, to only be very concerned with their own salvation and perhaps those that they love to the exclusion of others. Or it would result in fervent, if not violent, attempts to convert others to Christianity on the basis that if you remain unsaved, 
You'll never return to your home in heaven. You'll instead burn for eternity in a godless hell. There is, however, another more positive and abundant way of looking at this slogan. By declaring that this ego world is not our home, we're not checking out of this world and simply sitting on the sidelines and gazing at our own navels or working to make just ourselves or those we love as comfortable as possible for as long as we're here. The slogan's power comes not from a misguided call to withdraw or aggressively convert others to our ideas, but from the realization that none of us, not one of us truly feels at home here. We're all homesick. We're all suffering from some form of existential angst about our bodily existence. We all wonder what our purpose is in this life. We all seek the same thing. Security, peace, love. That knowledge alone, that we all seek the same thing, we're all homesick, should inspire us to not walk away from the world, but to walk more fully into it. Not of it but into it with the desire to spread the good news that this egoic world of competition and despair is not really our true home. Our true home is with God. And the truth is, we've never left. We are all still living within the mind of God, and our purpose here is to remember that and to remind everyone else to come on home, to unhitch ourselves from the ego and instead fully give ourselves over to God. The ego, of course, will resist this belief. Uh-huh, right. I'm supposed to what now? Believe in some imaginary friend? Okay. <laughs> because if we realize that the ego is not our home, we'll withdraw our allegiance to it. We won't have faith in it anymore. We'll stop playing its game of seek but do not find. Our reading from A Course in Miracles tells us you will not succeed in being partial hostage to the ego for it keeps no bargains and would leave you nothing. Nor can you be partial host to it. You must choose between total freedom and total bondage for there are no alternatives but these. You have tried many compromises in the attempt to avoid recognizing the one decision you must make. That one decision is to go home or to realize that in this upside down and backward egoic world that we're living in, we think we're homesick for our dog, but in capital R reality, we're homesick for God. Your dad or your mom, however you look at God, we really are homesick for dad. But we have it backwards. We think we're homesick for our dog, but we're homesick for God. Yes, the dis dyslex yeah. dyslexic agnostic. Right. A course tells us, a course tells us that this bodily world came into existence the moment that we had this tiny mad idea that we're separate. Not just from each other, but from God as well. This idea of separation, it's funny. It's a joke to those who understand that there's only one of us here and we've never left our home in the mind of our creator. In this case, though, God told the joke, hey, you think you're separate? And we forgot to laugh. We didn't think it was funny. 
of course, says that's the moment that we forgot about our oneness because we took separation seriously. And then we made it our identity. We made it our home away from home. So here we are, all together in this bodily summer camp. We're sharing meals, we're sharing activities, though perhaps, I hope not showers. Unless that's your thing, I'm, no judgment. We get to experience the beauty of this world together along with its challenges and its lessons. But as long as we are here existing in these flesh suits, we're always going to feel anxious. Nope, not as long as you are here. (laughs) As long as you got this body, you're going to have the angst. That's just how it goes. But we may even feel scared, may even feel lost sometimes, but the holy invites us. Not to despair when we feel homesick. Because simply being homesick is a sign that we are becoming more aware that this life is but a dream. And that God is our true home. Now if this is true, if we're stuck in a dream, pining for our home in God, then we can begin to create what a course calls the happy dream. As Mary Chapin Carpenter sings, when we rest in the arms of the great wide open, We create happy dreams that bring us almost home. Happy dreams, as a course tells us in chapter 18, come true because they are loving. And they are focused on bringing that love into this bodily existence because we know it's our function, not just to alleviate our own anxiety and angst, but to alleviate the homesickness of everyone, everyone we meet. This is the first step in realizing that we're truly host to God instead of hostage to the ego. And that's what makes the dream happy. We realize that the ego and the guilt it produces in us that we experience as homesickness and anxiety is a choice that we have made. And that means we can choose again. We can choose to go home. We can choose to go home to God right now and take all of our holy siblings with us. And we don't have to die. We don't have to die to go to heaven because it's available all the time right now. As our reading this morning says, in you are both the question and the answer, the demand for sacrifice and the peace of God. And this jubilance is the key to going home. We realize we carry within us both the egoic idea of separation and guilt and our true home of unity and love. So when we turn inward, when we turn to that place of silence, that place of peace and joy and love that created us and lives in us and through us as us, then we can find a way to go home right now. Because jubilance, heaven, our true home, is in this moment. Right here, right here. You have a choice. Are you creating heaven or hell? Right now. Often, we forsake this moment We declare this moment is not my home because we're trying to get to what we think must be a better moment than this one. Lunch, perhaps, if you're hungry, right? Thinking about lunch where you're not in the present moment. Come back. Come on home. We also retreat from this moment by going to the past, reliving what we believe in our glory days. Oh, remember that time? It was so great. (laughs) Nostalgia, right? And we perpetuate these homesick patterns from the past, claiming them as our identity in the moment. We find that difficult, though, 
So we try to live in two worlds, both the ego world and our creator. This, however, it never works. Often leaves you feeling worse when we realize that this present moment is all we have and that it constantly offers us the chance to go home. Then we see the choice is clear. We miss our God. We miss our dad and we want to go home. So what does that look like? Well, according to a course, none of us goes home alone. We have to bring our holy siblings with us. That means that those of us who are creating this happy dream We're stirring in our slumber, and that means we're the ones, we are the ones that we're waiting for in this world to awaken and awaken others. We're the ones who must be awake enough in each present moment to become the conduit, the embodiment of God's love in the world. Whenever we find ourselves feeling homesick or anxious, it's a reminder that we have forgotten to laugh at this ridiculous idea of separation. It's funny when you think about it. It's funny. But when we forget, that means we're the hostage to the ego. And we've forgotten our true function, which is to be the host to God. So whenever we feel homesick, we have to remember, everybody else feels that way too. On some level of consciousness, if you have anxiety, you feel homesickness. That's just all there is to it. Everyone is anxious. Such a revelation should soften our hearts to all of our holy siblings and bring out a desire in us to alleviate their fear and anxiety by becoming what's missing, that presence of love and peace, no matter who it is or what we're doing. As a course teacher, Sean Reagan writes, in a sense, the Holy Spirit calls us back from the void by giving us permission to live simply and happily in a quiet, sustainable way. Okay, we are metaphysically trapped and existentially terrified, but apparently we can also cook dinner for the family or pick up a neighbor's mail when they're sick or feed a stray cat or listen to Mozart, and those are all good and helpful acts. So there at least, there are at least symbols of love in the dream. So let's do that, he says. Let's love. And see what happens. Let's love. And see what happens. That's a cure for your homesickness. Because if you become the force of love, that we're all meant to be in this world, then what you will see happen will be miraculous. Even in seemingly simple gestures, like cooking a meal, helping a neighbor, feeding the hungry, be they human or animal, listening to good music, it instantly transports you to your home in God. When we were here Friday night listening to great music, how many of you were home? Those of you who were here, man, just took you right home, right? Right? Hmm. When we're engaged in these activities, there's no anxiety, there's no fear, there's no guilt, there's no separation, there's only oneness, unity, peace, love, and joy. And this jubilance is heaven. That's our home. We often think that we have to make grand gestures to convey love, but think of times when you have felt the most loved. I'm going to bet it's not when you found a new car with a huge bow on it in your driveway at Christmas. Who does that? Above my pay grade. 
It's in the Christmas morning ritual of being together. Or it's in the simple meal that you cook with love and share with those closest to you, or even strangers. It's the moment when you step outside of your own needs and fears and reach out to someone else, be they family, friends, or strangers. And these are the moments, jubilance. These are the moments when we go home, when we create moments of heaven here on earth. And this is what A Course in Miracles calls the holy instant. It's a moment of homecoming when the egoic world ends in laughter as we remember to laugh at the preposterous idea that we could ever be separate from God and one another. So jubilance, are you homesick this morning? Are you feeling like this world isn't your home? Do you want to go home? Because you can. Right now, in this very moment. How? By showing others the way home. By becoming that light of love that shines so brightly in every present moment that those around you cannot help but join you in your happy dream and have their own feelings of homesickness and anxiety relieved. So we talked a little bit about how to get more practical here at Jubilee Circle. So you don't just walk in and go, ooh, that felt good. I wonder what she said. (laughs) Because I don't remember So I'm going to give you some tools this morning. I have got, if you want to take notes, it's good. I got eight, eight ways that you can bring yourself into the present moment wherever you are. Here's number one. Breathe deeply. That's one. Breathe deeply. (laughs) We say that here a lot and we do it a lot because it demonstrates the power of the pause. Taking even just one moment, long enough to take a deep breath, can ease anxiety and bring awareness to what's happening in this moment. Number two, savor the moment. Even if the moment doesn't seem to be one that you enjoy, there is still something you can find to savor, including your own breath. You're in a moment you're not enjoying? Rule one, breathe deeply. (laughs) And then focus on something simple, such as the play of the light through the window, the miracle of the person standing before you, or just the miracle of your own presence in this moment. Find something to savor and enjoy. One of my favorites, this is my favorite tool that I use all the time, from Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, he suggested, especially when you're driving, to use traffic lights as a bell of mindfulness to become present while you're driving. So you hit a red light and you just breathe deeply, savor. We can just go step by step. Breathe deeply. Mm, Here I am. Find something to savor in this moment. Ooh, it's a good tune on the radio. Mm. But you can use anything as a bell of mindfulness just to remember the moment, including savoring, Setting an alarm on your phone as like a literal bell of mindfulness to remind you to pause and just center yourself in the moment. So number one is breathe deeply. Number two is savor the moment. Number three, use a bell of mindfulness. Find something that will just bring you into this moment. Number four, schedule time to think about the past and the future and keep it limited. We tend to get trapped 
in thoughts about what's happening to us or what may happen to us. So whenever we're concentrating on past or the future, we're not here. So mindfully set aside some time. I'm going to do my reminiscence time. I'm going to go to my nostalgia for 15 minutes. Set a timer. Ah, bask in it. Have a good time. Set another 15 minutes and plan for your future. And then get back to the present moment. Be mindful of where you're spending your time. Are you here? Are you in the past or the future? Number five. Take time to do a body scan. Has anyone ever done that, that meditation as a body scan? That's good. Just take a few deep breaths. And then notice how you feel. Notice how your body feels. Feel the air fill your lungs. Start by focusing on your toes and then work your way up. Your feet, your ankles, your calves, your quads. Just notice how you're feeling. Take five minutes. And just feel where your body is. Feel yourself in space. And be here in your body. Number six, take a mindful walk in nature and notice what's going on. I walk two miles every morning, and usually I do it with earbuds in so I can listen to some podcasts, but that takes me out of the present moment. The walks I go on when I leave the, the pods, the ear pods at home, they're more full because I, I pay attention. I listen to the birds. I feel the wind in my hair. Boy, I was sweating on the last half a mile uh, yesterday, and I took my hat off because the breeze was blowing, and I'm like, oh, man, that feels good. I was right in the present moment, feeling that wind in my hair. So take that mindful walk in nature. Notice what's happening. Number seven, people have problems with this one, but meditation is the best way to cultivate a sense of mindfulness. Even just five minutes in the morning, five minutes before you go to bed, that can be enough to change the rhythm of your day and help keep you centered in the present moment or get you back in the present moment if something knocks you off course during the day. If you get upset, if you get upset during the day, something goes wrong, ah, breathe deeply. Savor the moment. <laughs> Use your irritation as a bell of mindfulness. Note where you are. Are you in the past or the future? Come back here. Do a body scan. Go out and walk. Meditate. Number eight, use slogans. Such as, now is the time to be aware of the present moment. Or I just shortened that to now. 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 Or, I let go of the past and the future. And use that as a mantra. A course's workbook is full of amazing slogans that can put you right back in the present moment. My favorite is, this is the one I use to fall asleep, and I do, it works every time. I place my future in the hands of God. I place my future in the hands of God. And that helps me release my anxiety. I release and I let go. I let spirit run my life. And my heart is open wide. Yes, I'm only here for God. Right? I mean, that puts you right here. Sing. Use a chant. Chants are fabulous. These are just eight simple ways. Nine if you use the chant. And I'm sure you could come up with ten or ten more. But this is just 
some way, some tools you can use to put yourself in the present moment where we are truly at home. From this home base, we can clearly see what's happening in our lives in the moment. And it is that sense of clarity of being in the present that can help us make better decisions on how we need to react, what we might need to say or do to be that loving presence in the moment. There are plenty of other ways to get into the present. I've got all these tools. You may have your own. Whatever works for you. If something doesn't resonate with you, don't do it. But find the one that works for you. When you mistake being homesick for God as being homesick for your dog. I had to stick it out at the summer camp. My parents weren't coming to get me. Nope, they're just like, whatever, suck it up, kid. (laughs) And even though that homesickness seemed to overwhelm me, it was a challenge to live through that week. But you know what? Even as a kid, you know, kids, kids are resilient, right? You know, you got a seven-year-old and you stick them in at something they don't want to do. They're going to figure out a way to make it through. And I did. I started to focus. Even as a kid, I just focused on the things I did enjoy, like swimming in the lake. That was fun. The quiet vespers that they had, we gathered around the campfire every night just for some quiet vespers. And I enjoyed myself a little bit, even though I still missed my dog. But here's the good news this morning, Jubilance. When we step into this present moment by unhitching ourselves from the ego that has a mind of its own, and we open ourselves up to the great wide open of our higher divine self, that's when we hear the Holy say, Welcome home. And all we'll know to say in that moment is, oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, Oh, yeah.